Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, the show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders from Wembley, joined by Rob Blanchett in his, if you're watching this, he's wearing the United Champions League 99 shirt when United won the treble. But unfortunately, Manchester City might well be doing the treble that United did in 1999 this year because they've beaten Manchester United 2-1 in the FA Cup final. Rob, I've been here watching it up close. How did it come across to you? Just general thoughts. How are you, as a fan, let's, let's go that way to start with. How are you feeling about it? Well, I think everyone knows before the game, and we've been talking about the cup final, that I've been kind of a little bit, you know, kind of balanced about it. Like, not particularly too afraid about it, not too scared. And I actually thought that United had a puncher's chance today, and I felt that way going into the game. Now, at the end of the match, here we are, Scott. And I still kind of feel that United had a puncher's chance, but I feel innately more disappointed <laughs> because I saw the performance, I saw the display, and I saw the things that were wrong that shouldn't have been wrong. And we all saw the goal in 15 seconds that you shouldn't give away, and then the goal straight after half time. I think it was 13 seconds, actually. 13 seconds. 13 That's seconds. In history in the FA Cup. It felt like 15. You know, like so, it's so one of these things, isn't it? That these are things that we've seen wrong at United all year long. But you've got to where you want to be. I think the manager said it best at the end, where he said two really soft goals. But I'm proud of what the team's achieved this year, and that's kind of how I feel. But I do think you missed a trick today because Man City, for me, were not at their best. They were good, and they did. They were the better team, so they deserve to win on that on that alone. But they were not the best version of Man City today. And I think if you'd had a little bit more or your system was a little bit tighter or individuals had played better, you could have nicked this. You could have had the cup in your hands right now. Yes, indeed. United fall just short. Unfortunately, City move on. They go to Istanbul next week to try and win the Champions League. But we will reflect and unpack the game. We don't usually do direct unpacking of matches directly after the final whistle. But since, uh, since I was here today... Uh, just got out of Eric Ten Hag's press conference where he's just not been too committed on uh, a number of issues that we'll probably discuss in today's show. Uh, but yes, 
the plugs are coming your way. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube now. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, and leave a comment for us if you're not already subscribed. Follow us on Twitter, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. And come and join us in Las Vegas from July 28th at United Con, the place to be for United fans to come together on their preseason tour of the US, because that is actually happening quite soon. There's a summer off, but just give it a few weeks and we'll be back going again with some potentially new players. So visit united-con.com to book your place now. If you'd like to join us, we'll be there from July 28th. Rob, uh, I've just written a piece for nightmin.com talking about what I think was the difference between these teams today. What do you think the difference was between these teams today? Well, I know what you're going to say, so I'll leave that bit for you. But for me, when you looked at the setup today, United played a more defined kind of 4-2-3-1 today than we've seen in, in quite a while. You know, we saw kind of the setup. Now, that's because you haven't got Martial. Your only choice is Veghorst. You, you kind of, you're, it's slim pickings, isn't it? But I felt today, Scott, the system didn't really work. So that front four, which who, which job was to harry, was to be able to get forward, was to be able to nick the ball and get the counter press going, was as about as weak as it possibly could be. For me, Marcus through the middle was always going to be a problem and it didn't work for me. And Jaden playing in that kind of system in a kind of either 4-1-4-1 or 4-2-3-1 where he's up against Walker, for me, didn't work. And we we saw it didn't work. So I think for me, they're the two areas why you didn't win this game. You know, you had chances, but you just didn't make enough. You didn't make great chances. Um, and then that connectivity, I think, just again, between each part of the pitch, you know, defence, mid midfield and attack. Man United are short of personnel. You need better players. This is what Ten Hag has said. And it's exactly what we've said, isn't it? So you, you played a Man City team today, Scott, that I think played at about 75% of their capacity. You know, if they've played well today, you lose probably 5-0. You know, that's just how it goes. But you were in the game the whole way and you could have even got an equaliser right near the end. So... There are positives there, but at the same time, it's disappointing because you just needed to be a little bit better to get a whole lot more. City not at their best, yes. I would also argue, though, that I think, and there is some, there are some positives to come out of today. I wrote in the piece that I just posted, you can find it on my Twitter as well, that um, also apologies for the sound quality. I'm, they're, they're cutting the grass behind me. I don't know if you can pick this up, and I don't usually have my mic, so sorry about that, but we are getting it to you as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, hope you appreciate that. But yes, so I think the fact that I wrote in this piece that United fell, they fall into early goals, you know. At the Etihad earlier this season, they were 4-0 down at half-time. At Brentford, they were 4-0 down at half-time. At Liverpool, they lost 7-0. This team has a history of the, over the course of this season of just absolutely capitulating after an early goal. Mm. and not being able to deal with the pressure. Today was the earliest goal they've conceded probably all season. I mean, look, surely it has to be. <laughs> uh, 13 seconds or whatever it was. But they did ride their luck a little bit, but they stayed in the game. They got an equaliser. And, you know, they had their spells in the game where, you know, the ball had fallen on the other side of the post. Maybe things would have been a little bit different. But mm -hmm. I think they were margin. I think they were second best marginally today. But the distance from that first meeting between the two teams earlier in the season that has closed a hell of a lot. So, you know, the right transfer window, the right investments, the right profile of players in the new season. And City are probably going to do the treble and that's inevitable. It was always going to happen. But 
United have to stop them doing it again by competing directly with them. And I think if they get their summer right, they'll have a better chance of doing so. Of course. And, and, and funnily enough, you know, I think when you looked at United, when United beat them at Old Trafford six months ago, obviously won that game 2-1 and were 1-0 down in that game. I actually think United were probably a little bit better today in many ways. Like City were really good in that game and still somehow lost. Where I don't think City were really good today. And United, I think, fought their way into this match. You know, like they stayed competitive, you know, when things were not looking good. But like you're saying there, Scott, you cannot go into big games. In fact, you can't get into any game and give a goal away within the first 15 seconds. You can't do that and then expect that a team like Man City will not punish you. So... I think you you took it as far as you could today. Like for me, the penalty is a penalty. I, I know people want to debate that until, you know, because they don't like the type of penalty. But but to the letter of the law, Grealish's arm is out there. It does flick his fingers. Yeah, that's the like, rules, man. And that's, and that's <laughs> you know, his fingertips, that, that's part of his hand, funnily enough, isn't it? So, you know, it was a handball. Jack Grealish can moan about it like he did after after the game to the television crew. He just couldn't stop moaning about it. But that's that's life, isn't it? Um and I think, but in open play, you think about Gardacho's late chances. There was two or three chances as well where Marcus had that shot from distance, which was quite open. And on another day, he cracks that in the top corner. So United had opportunities. What they didn't have, Scott, really for the whole game was composure. It, it just looked like a firefight all day long, like a tsunami of of football information on a on a green pitch. And one team looked fairly in control of their faculties, but not at their best. And the other team were just like fighting to, to be able to breathe. And that was that. So I, I think United will come away from this. And the players, I think, will feel disappointed because if one of those chances goes in the back of the net, this is a very, very different football match. And uh, and maybe there is some solace, Scott, in the fact that, yeah, a year ago, you were a million miles away from this Man City team. You're still not particularly close but you're closer. You're a little bit closer. And if you buy good players in the summer, do you know what I thought today, Scott? One player in my head at the end of the game, Kim. I was thinking, if you had a Kim today at centre-back, now, funnily enough, United dealt with Haaland well, I thought. But if you had a Kim who could do all the technical stuff and the physical stuff and work the ball out, that first goal never happens in the air. Never. Kim's not getting beaten there. Never. And then the second goal, Kim would would have probably rushed out to that or gone and done some more defence work. So that that was for me the one player. But we did see one guy there today, didn't we? Who might be a defensive acquisition? Durian Timber was there. Funnily enough, that yes, uh, not the most imposing tall centre back in the world, but potentially look, that'll definitely spring up some speculation. United have liked him for a little while, but let's come back to that first goal because. Yes. I remember when Victor Lindelof made his debut at Huddersfield that he, 2017, I think it was, under a high ball, he couldn't deal with it. Yes. And this time, 10 seconds into the game, incredibly, six years on, I think it is, maybe just shy of six years on, he lets the ball bounce. Haaland, I think Haaland wins the first header. It's Casemiro. It's Casemiro. And then it's De Bruyne versus... Uh, Victor Lindelof. Lindelof lets it bounce, doesn't deal with it properly, and it comes to Gundogan, who shoots yeah, it's a great shot, and uh, City are one up within 13 seconds, and obviously in a, in a massively climbing up a hill in that case. So, yeah, Lindelof has never really had that authority. He's been decent for a few weeks, but you know, you've known for a little while that's a weak point in the team, 
And unfortunately, with Lissandra Martinez's injury and also with United trying to buy a new centre-back, maybe Kim, maybe Jurian Timber in the summer, Lindelof might stay, but he will end up fourth choice, I would imagine, at centre-back. And you can rotate him in. But yeah, uh, I thought Lindelof was at fault for that one. Completely. And that's how I felt. And it did, it did remind me of a story I wrote a while ago when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came to the football club and Harry Maguire obviously started playing. Quite often, it didn't matter who was playing left or right. Obviously, Maguire played on the left generally with Lindelof on the right. But whenever the ball was in the air, they would swap over and Harry Maguire would go and head it. And it would be like, you can't do that. You can't live like this. And here we are years later and we've been punished in the cup final because your centre-back, who's what, is he six foot? around that kind of he's not exactly he's not tiny but he has to do better there doesn't he that's about his hesitations and his weaknesses and City to their credit played it they they played that long ball they won the first ball and then they went for the second ball and then Gundogan's got a clean shot so it's again it's just old money Scott stuff we've talked about before we've seen before but I think as a manager Ten Hag he's now got to find answers to, to mitigate maybe these old, old age problems. And unfortunately, Lindelof, like you're saying there, fourth choice, that's about right for him. Like, if he's your first choice in this kind of game, then, you know, I'm not saying he's to blame today. Of course not. I think blame is a silly word for that. But he needs to do much better in that scenario. And United, isn't it? They're just not switched on in those moments, Scott. They are so passive. And they so kind of like, they just wait to see what kind of happens. And when they get punished, there's a lot of, Lads, like what what happened there? It's like, yeah, you you conceded a goal. So a bad goal to give away. But as I said, I think both goals were pretty bad. Do you want to do the other goal? Or should oh, we? We can do it. Uh, do, do you know what? Do things with, with the, the other goal, right, Scott? First of all, let's start with Fred. So Fred wiggles his leg out and gives away a silly free kick. Doesn't need to, just needs to stand up, keep De Bruyne in the corner, wiggles his leg, gives a free kick. And when they were setting it up, Scott, I was watching it. And a few people tweeted me this as well, but I noticed this myself, that Gundogan was just still on the box completely unmarked two or three times when City were in wider areas for, for set pieces. And I was like, this is going to Gundogan. I hope Man United realise this. And the ball gets chipped and it's in the air, Scott, for an age. An age. And all you need is Casemiro or Varane to step out and close down and they just didn't. So for me, again... It's it's like a comedy of errors. It starts with Fred. It's there with the two with the two defensive players. You could have said one, but could have done better. And then you could also say David De Gea in that moment's feet really should be adjusted to the chance of that going in the far corner. And he was just that much short. So you could have said that. I think with both goals with David De Gea, I think his his footwork on the day was not great. So again, two mistakes, but just mistakes you shouldn't make, not at the highest level. And and I'm sure the manager is asking himself these questions week after week because we ask them all the time and they now need to find solutions because you can't just get away with saying, oh, Fred, yeah, you're allowed to make that little silly tackle. No, you're not. Stand up. There's no there's no set piece. Man City won a game today with two conven unconventional methods for them. Um, they weren't silky smooth. Uh, and Man United, unfortunately, were brittle at best. Talking of the second goal, I'm sure there's about 50% of the people who are listening who are saying, Rob, please address the goalkeeper. So let's... I'm going to anyway. <laughs> you start and I will too. <laughs> uh, obviously, I completely agree that that unnecessary free kick and you have to mark a player like Ilkay Gundogan who is just scoring goals, important goals as well, for fun at the moment. He's probably one of the most formed midfield 
informed midfielders in the world in terms of goal scoring, especially. But the ball, I think, bobbles twice. Mm. De Gea maybe, maybe didn't have the right, didn't have an exact clear view of the goal, uh, of mm. the shot coming in. But the ball bobbles twice past him. I'm seeing a lot of people frustrated that he, you know, he's made errors at West Ham, that goal at West Ham, which bobbled underneath him. He's made a big error in Seville. He's made other errors all, all season. He made one at Brentford at the start of the season where he let one roll underneath him. This one, fair criticism, I think, to look at that and expect your goalkeeper to save it. Um, not trying to attach blame here, but I have written a piece uh, which is referencing David Hayer's contract situation on nightmin.com. We'll, we'll maybe leave it in the description because I've uh, talked about it like twice already. Uh, De Gea is a point of contention room because he's out of contract. He's the highest yeah. earning goalkeeper in the world. The contract offer has been on the table for him for a number of months, but we still haven't had any confirmation on that. Maybe we will get it in the next few days. Ericsson Hart did not want to commit on either his footwork, his passing, or that goal in his post-match press conference. But there's a large, <laughs> there's, a, there's a chasm, there's a split in this fan base at the moment about what you do next. Mm-hmm. And I think today was, I was already convinced of this, and we've had this conversation on this podcast already, that if United want to aspire to become as good as Manchester City, they have to upgrade in a number of positions. I think goalkeeper is one. And the, the point of contention really is how important it is. I think it's really important. I think it's important this summer. I think it's important now because of the situation you have with the Hayes contract. Mm. And yeah, I mean, let me just throw some stats out for you here in terms of passes, Rob. Okay. Pass success, David De Gea today, 49%. Mm. 17 accurate passes out of 35. Let me compare that to Ortega in the City goal. 90% pass success rate, 38 accurate passes out of 42. Now, obviously, City plan really well to allow those passes to be made and maybe United are behind in that organisation. Maybe City pressed a lot better or went high up on United a lot better than United are doing to City, but City have been doing that for years. Pep straight away chucked Joe Hart away. This was seven years ago. Straight away. He saw that was imperative. He got a new goalkeeper in Claudio Bravo. Gave him a season. Didn't work. Got a new goalkeeper, Edison. And it's imperative. Uh, Rob, what do you think? Look, I'm with you, Scott. And I think the thing is, this is this is it. When we've done shows about it, we, we've kind of talked about the sliding scale. The thing that I'm most uh, I'm, I'm most interested in with, with De Gea and the manager is that we, the manager's not going to obviously kill De Gea or ruin him through the season or criticise him and those things. So we don't expect that. The bit we were questioning is, why is it the Man United are negotiating with David De Gea? It makes no sense. You either get rid of him and get your new goalkeeper and everyone's fine with it, or you get to this point in the season now, he won't be a Man United player in about 26 days. Is that right? You know, from, from looking at the end of his contract, going probably the, the end Depending of July. Depending on how good you are with days and dates, but yes, basically. Yes. So, so like, he, he, this is the end game now, isn't it, for De Gea in terms of that? You have a sign a new contract, or you don't, and it's done. Now, this is an opportunity for Manchester United to be able to move on from David De Gea with, that, with little fuss. I think, like, when you look at the game today... For me, the two goals, yeah, De Gea might have done better in the goals, but the goals weren't his fault. But passing out from the back, would you say 49%? Yeah, that's his fault. So, like, you know, so that, that, and I think what you see with Man United is that 
there is definitely a lack of cohesion in the defensive unit when the ball goes to De Gea and the ball goes to De Gea and then De Gea either goes clips it long or plays it short, but maybe a short pass that, that doesn't break any lines, that doesn't hurt Man City. And I think City said today, yeah, you clip it long and we'll head it down and win the second ball and then we've got possession again. And we won't even press you that hard. You're just going to not be that great on the ball. So, Scott, you are right. You know, you do need a new goalkeeper, but Man United have really been quite pernickety about this because there are two very, very, very good goalkeepers out there that you could go and get like that, if you can hear me clip my fingers in front of my mic. And you just need to go get one of them. So, look, I think the things with David De Gea, I don't think... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not as I'm not as down on De Gea as maybe say you or other people. I don't think that he's as bad as some people say, but I do think he's as bad with his feet. And I do think being a goalkeeper in the modern day, you have to be decent with your feet. You can't get away with it. Today, United couldn't keep the ball. And yes, that was the defence. That was the midfield. That was the attack. And it's also the goalkeeper. If you've got a goalkeeper who can keep the ball, Scott, that does help you. You can pass out from the back as a sweeper and you can get the ball into midfield with one pass, not two or three. That's a big difference in football in the modern game. United also didn't have Lisandro Martinez, who is no. really important to building up from the back as well. But if you have another goalkeeper who can, Diogo Costa, David Raya, the two yeah. names that you're thinking of really, but of course. it depends how a lot. It's really situational, right? I mean, it depends on the contract situation. What they want to do, it depends on the ownership situation mm. as well and what happens with that. I'm sure we'll find out in the next few days something, some suggestions about what, what's happening there, even though there were reports uh, from the Financial Times, I think it was, on Friday night before this game. But 
The issue for me with De Gea is you're looking at a player that's out of contract in less than 30 days' time, yeah. who is the highest earning goalkeeper in the world. United obviously want to give him a salary reduction to reflect his status. But can you persist with David De Gea as number one into the new season? If you can't, can you persist with David De Gea on even a third of the wages that he's on now? That would probably make him still one of the highest paid goalkeepers in the world. And can you have that as your number two? And at the same time, have a player like David De Gea who's been a number one for Man United for several years, accepting that he's going to be either a rotation option or second choice. Look, if, you, if you're going to keep David De Gea and he's going to be your number one, give him his contract and get on with it and be done with it. I think what we're really seeing though, Scott, here, and this is again a little bit of slide of hand, you know, like the magician's trick. I don't think Ten Hag really wants him, being honest. I really, really like that. This is the thing. I don't think Ten Hag is going to say that outwardly. Like, again, he had the chance today. There was one bit in uh, his interview where they said, you know, were you unhappy with the goalkeeper? And he went, he thought, and he went, I was unhappy with all the players in those moments. So it's like, okay, covering the bases. That's all right. That's that's diplomatic. That's Ten Hag. But I do think that this whole playing out from the back thing, it's not a myth. This is the way the game has gone now. And if you're going to say, even if you give De Gea 200 grand a week, but then you say buy Raya, buy Costa, well, what does that do? Like, right, what? A £200,000 a week second goalkeeper. Look at Man City. Man City have got That's their... That's an unsustainable num- situation. Of right. course it is. Man City have got their number one today on the bench. Yeah, he didn't play. And they played his deputy, who's played all through the cup run. But the difference is that there isn't a downgrade with the skill set. He might not be as good as Edison overall, but there's no downgrade on the, on the deck or playing out or doing all that stuff positionally. So I think that's the problem with De Gea is that I think De Gea is a goalkeeper that needs to play games to play his best kind of game. So he's not going to be an asset on the bench, even if he's on even if he's on hundred grand a week, Scott. Like just you know for five years, he still isn't the right. Dean Henderson is on hundred k a week for five years, and he's there. You go. So like, like I I think the thing is we are coming to a natural conclusion of David De Gea's career at Manchester United if Ten Hag truly wants it. So we're going to be talking about so many transfers now in the next few weeks. And, you know, we said we saw Julian Timber there today. I wonder why he's showing up to watch Manchester United play. That's funny, isn't it? But, you know, you're going to look at this and you look what's coming out of Portugal at the moment with uh, with Costa. And Costa is desperate to get to the Premier League. And there's no doubt that Man United are talking and are at the front of the queue somewhere there. So if they want Costa and you don't want De Gea, then let's just admit it. <laughs> let's just say, thanks, David. There you go. Like, he literally is only going to be a Man United player for about number 25 days, Scott. So I think we've got to the end game now. And at Man United needs to just do this. It's the end of the season. The FA Cup is done. You've lost this. You're happy with what you got through the season. But you now need to think in the future. Do you remember when we sacked the manager, you know, Lou Van Gaal, the day after you won the FA Cup? Man United have got a habit of doing things the day after FA Cup finals. So maybe, just maybe, people will be watching this and maybe there'll already have been an announcement about David De Gea's future. We will see. I mean, we don't have clarity on that at the moment, obviously. And I have, I tweeted the piece that I wrote earlier and there's obviously responses that are suggesting, oh, you know, he's been a servant for 12, is it 12 years? 12 years this year. Yeah. Been a great servant for 12 years. And yeah. nobody is denying that at all. Nobody is denying that. He has been. He's been golden glove this season. He's made some player of the year a number of times. He's had mm. a number of incredible matches for Man United. The question is, is it the right time 
is it a natural point to part ways and move on? That's what it is. Of course it is. And you know what? This isn't hate and this isn't like, you know, popularity or populism. At the end of the day, this is just about football. And like what you saw today with Man United, Scott, is the fallacy of some of Manchester United's football. And you have to go fix it. You have to go get go get new players and you have to move some out, bring some in. But you saw today how weak Man United's bench was in terms of, you know, outside of Garnacho. There wasn't really a lot of choice. 15 minutes to go, you're bringing on a guy that hasn't scored, you know, hasn't hit about Bander all, all year. And that's why I was saying that maybe you started with him in the press or something like that, you know, to, to kind of shape it around the bench. I said the bench was going to be really important for Man United today. And unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, you need to improve your bench, but you need to improve your starters. And David De Gea falls into that category. So there's no hatred here. I think David's been an amazing goalkeeper for Manchester United for many, many seasons. I don't think re-signing him around the £200,000 mark for any length of time is wise if you want to keep him, then say that and get on with it. But they're not saying that either. Um, but the pre preference, of course, will be to let him go, a big hug, a big goodbye, and go and get Costa Araya. I'd be happy with either of those two goalkeepers, and they would upgrade Manchester United significantly on the deck. And suddenly, what, you know what, Scott, next year we might be saying, United are playing out from the back. I wonder why. Well, th these things are not magic. They're really not. This is just football. It's tactical, and it's about skill. Yes, indeed. Uh, we will see how that develops. Rob, any any points you want to move on to? I've not got a running order today because we're doing this pretty much straight off the bat. So, um, floor I think, is yours. Yeah, look, one player I'd like to just kind of talk about. We've we've briefly spoken a lot about him, and I said before about my worries about him is Jaden Sancho. So, you know, I quoted I think on our show a few weeks ago, and I've said in multiple places that I cannot see in any way, shape, or form that on day one of the season next year, that Alessandro Garnacho is not ahead of Jaden Sancho in the pecking order. Why? Because Garnacho is better. Just that, yeah? Garnacho came on today for half an hour and was electric. This is a boy who's been injured. He's not got a lot of training under him, and he was electric. He's probably our best player, I think, on the whole day, and he was only on a pitch for 30 minutes. Jaden Sancho today was given a task to play on that left-hand side. It didn't work. Then he moved to the right. It didn't work. And then inexplicably, he played centre forward for a period of the game. And Marcus went to the right and it didn't work. I do think that this manager is going to get bored of that very, very soon. So I don't know what we do with Jaden. Like he's got the summer off now to get himself right, to be ready for next year. Unfortunately, Scott, in his big moments like today, today could have been a red letter day if he'd done something or been brilliant or shown something. You could have gone, right, next year, let's see if we can get something out of this boy. We're not getting enough out of him, Scott, for whatever reason. To me, he's a passenger, and I don't want to be so hard, but I'm going to use this word. But it's almost fraudulent. His game is fraudulent. He's, ta he's technically very good. He's got moments in him, but he doesn't score enough goals. He doesn't get enough assists, and he doesn't help you win enough games. Garnacho will next year. Garnacho will definitely get goals and assists for fun. And we will watch him grow from this 18-year-old into what he's becoming. I think Jaden, unfortunately, two years at Manchester United, he's regressed massively. It's a big summer for him. He needs to get himself right. He needs to be ready on day one next year. But I don't see him as a starter at the moment. No, I think he might be, depending on how many strikers United sign, mm. probably third on the left in the packing order, second on the right under Anthony, Anthony potentially. 
and we missed Anthony today so badly. Like, you know, like you saw today, the off-ball work, the front four, trying to press, trying to spread, press, set traps. I talk about setting traps all the time. People say, what are you talking about? What do you mean setting a trap? It's when the centre forward and the set and the wide player work together to trap the least technical defender. And Anthony is a little genius at that. He's brilliant at setting the trap and getting interceptions. That's That shows in his metrics. Today, you missed that. And, you, and United were lopsided, weren't they? You know, Bruno in the wide areas. Ericsson having to press from the 10, looking gassed, like, oh my God, I'm knackered, lads. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here, but I'm a technical player. And it didn't work. So that's why I think there is someone Ten Hag today. You know, I don't think he had much to choose from, but he made the choices. That's what he thought was best. That was his team. It was his tactics. It wasn't quite up to kind of pep standards, I would say. And I think with Jaden, Jaden won't be playing, but Anthony will be. Anthony will be a starter next year. And I think Anthony will grow. Anthony and Garnacho, Scott, what do you think about that as two wide players? If you manage to go and get a really good centre forward as well, I think that gives you the opportunity to play 4-3-3 and let Marcus maybe do some different bits and bobs. But you've got an opportunity there with these wider players, if you get it right, to have a really good system. At the moment, that system isn't quite there. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned there about Ten Hag's. Maybe there's some shortcomings. The way I'd reflect on it today, I think, is... Ralph Ranick a year ago said, <laughs> said that players need to leave. And he said 10 plus. They, they've, they've shipped out a lot. He yeah. wasn't wrong like, I th- at the yeah. time. I, I think he was right. He got a lot of heat for it, but I think he was right. And ultimately, he was so right. <laughs> Ten Hag is dealing with tools. Mm. I'm referring to players here as tools that are not really fit for the purpose that and the, the things he would like to implement on the pitch. I put De Gea in that, I put Lindelof in that, even though he, he has some of the, the basics with the ball at feet. Maybe even Jane Sancho's not going to work. I'm not going to fit it. Fred, potentially another one. And it's just, a, it's always going to be a long-term evolution of the team. And I think Ten Hag has done the best with what he's been given up till this point. And unfortunately, just sometimes it isn't enough. And I think that was the point today. And there's a ton of trial and error. So I think this manager's got no choice but to try stuff. I would like to think that maybe a year into the project, Scott, he got a little bit more up his sleeve for a game like today in terms of the tactics. But I just think, again, the limitations of a lot of these players really hold you back. You know, you played Fred today because you needed some more energy in there. And Fred was useless. Like, he had moments where he was all right. But on the deck, he's playing in a 4-2-3-1, him and Casemiro deep. And there's no ball progression from that part of the park. And you're thinking, well, Why? It's because you haven't got players who can do it. So this is why when we talk about the the Mason Mounts, I thought today watching the game, I thought, you know, Mason Mount today would have been a good player in this press in a a 4-2-3-1 as either the 10 or a wide player. He'd have been sensational because he works so hard off the ball. And then on the ball, he's technically proficient. So you need to trend towards that now when you make your signings. I said, I thought Kim would have played. I think, again, Timber, technical player, he would fit what Ten Hag's trying to do. He's maybe not particularly tall, but let's let's get away from those isms. You know, I think you need to actually just do the fundamentals better. Um, so disappointing end, but at the end of the day, our season was run and won last week. It was. We got what we wanted. We got what we needed, and we know where we are next season. This was a free hit at stopping Man City, and you did have a good chance at doing it. You know, you scored. You could have scored more. You could have stopped Man City getting to the treble. Unfortunately now, Scott, I do think City will win their treble. But I'll say this. Inter Milan will not make the mistakes that Man United made. Inter Milan will look at this and they will say, we have to stop Man City at source. United didn't do that today. United were a bit, 
wishy-washy and you know what. I think I think in, they will go full Italian football on them and they're going to really lock the door. And that might work. If you can keep it nil-nil for 75 minutes, you might be able to beat Man City. And this Man City team looks a bit tired to me. Some of those players today, Scott, De Bruyne, Grealish, even Haaland to an extent, who I didn't think was nearly as mobile as, as he has been, they look tired and that might come into it when it comes to the Champions League final. Well, unfortunately... If they do win it, I'll be there to watch it because I will be there for work. Hard which is life. Not, not an ideal scenario. Uh, but yes, I'll be our Friday show, I'll be doing from Istanbul, I believe, uh, later this week. But yes, uh, important. We'll, we'll reflect on the season as a whole. Maybe, there might be a lot of news actually by Tuesday. So we'll, we'll see. But Or tomorrow. Uh, or tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Season as a whole, I mean, take it for what it is. It's obviously a day of disappointment for United. But on the big picture, consider all the difficulties that Ten Hag has had to deal with this season, Cristiano Ronaldo's situation, everything around that, the players leaving in the summer, the Adrian Rabio and Marco Anatovic links in the summer last year. You know, Rabio might come back around, but we'll see. But yeah, um, Ten Hag has had a lot to deal with this season. And I think with the tools that he's had, he's done a really good job. And today, I heard or I saw that a lot of players describe themselves as proud but disappointed. And I think that's probably an apt way to refer to it. Uh, Ten Hag and the players, I saw, I saw them watch City lift the cup. And Ten Hag said it was a sign of respect. They have to show respect and this kind of thing. But they did. I, I thought that was quite telling. Like, you know, they, they sit there or they stand there and they watch that and they use it for fuel moving forward. And I think. There's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. You learn more in defeat than you do in victory. I believe that. Fergie used to say that, and I think it's really apt for football, is that if you want to be the best, you want to be the winners, watch them. Watch what they do. Watch them walk up those stairs and get that trophy that you wanted because they got it because they're better than you. So you've got to get better. That's just as simple as that. And I think Ten Hag is a, is a stoic figure. He understands that... That's what this transfer window is about now. It's about buying better footballers. So your system is better. So you lose less games, Scott. So you don't get hammered on the road everywhere against the top nine. And you can solve a lot of those things, can't you, in real time as you go along in football. You've only got to look at what Arteta did at Arsenal, yeah, I think, in his three years. And look how like he won the FA Cup in his first year, didn't he, I think. And then it all went downhill. And then they built and they brought youngsters in. Man United don't have to replicate it completely. And I think they're ahead of where Arsenal were at this point. But I do think that United need to go out and buy. We know this. So go get your striker. Go get one or two midfielders. And I'm still thinking you need a centre-back because I just don't trust Varane's long-term health. I just do not. That might be Timber or it might be Kim. You've got options there. Uh, and do it quickly. Get it all done. And then do you know what? We'll see them all in Las Vegas. We're going to be there. Hopefully they'll all be there. And we'll be able to see some brand new signers for United and maybe some new tactics. Yes, indeed. That's July 28th at United Con, the place to be for United fans on their preseason tour of the US. We'll be, I think United are playing Borussia Dortmund in Vegas at the end of July. So we'll be there for a few days before it and around it and at the game itself. So if you are going or you'd like to go, check out united-con.com to book your place. Come and say hello to us. I don't know what that noise is in the background. It's like they're packing up Wembley or something. I think they are packing up Wembley. It's probably a sign that I should sign off soon. But yes, uh, Rob, uh, thanks again. Follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore P and at Promise and MU for the show. 
yeah. subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube. Now, if you're not already head of the channel, like, subscribe, and leave a comment for us. And Rob, I will leave you with the final word. I was just going to say, holding this badge, the original Manchester United badge, just remember with the treble, who did it first. That's it. We will always be the team that did it first. And when we did it in those days, it was like a miracle. This Man City team should be winning trebles. They're that far ahead of everyone, really. So, you know... Good luck to them. You know, I'm sure they're going to go and do their best uh, at the final. And you will, of course, be there to witness it, Scott. Um, but I don't feel too bad about United now. I think in the sense of we've seen progress this season. We, we hit all the marks that we needed to hit. And we're in the Champions League next year. So let's go again. We are there. Let's get some new players. And let's turf a few out now. I think it's time maybe to say goodbye to one or two that maybe held Man United back certainly held Ole Gunnar Solskjaer back as well, maybe two or three years ago. And now you can make that next leap, I think, to be the next incarnation of Manchester United. Yes, indeed. That loud noise is happening again, so I've got to go. But I just wanted to find, finally point out that there was a sign in the United end which just read 115 <laughs> in reference to the alleged... The alleged... Uh, issues that City have to face themselves. Uh, so maybe... We might get this FA Cup in a few months. They might give it to us. They might go, oh, no, 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 they can't have that now because there was some rule that was broken. So Man United, here you go, have your FA Cup. You've won now won your own little domestic double. Yes, indeed. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yes, we'll be back Tuesday, I do believe. So uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone, for an impromptu post-match reaction. Uh, don't usually do these, but if you like it, let us know and uh, maybe we'll do more in the future. The season is over for Man United, though, so we will unwind a little bit. We'll see what happens off the pitch and uh, we'll be back very soon for more. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. See you soon. This has been the Promised Land podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.